I want to begin with a primer for this discussion. Uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, this will be the fourth installment of a travel series we've been doing on the show uh, entitled Travels with Pele. Uh, Pele is a dog, and the title is a play on Travels with Charlie, the great John Steinbeck book about his travels across America in a pickup truck with his dog. In this case, Andrew, co-host of this show, his wife Tiffany, and their dog Pele, decided to embark on a bicycle journey from Vancouver, British Columbia, back to their home near San Francisco. If you'd like to go back and listen to the uh, three previous episodes in which Andrew details the journey, feel free. This fourth and final installment will be an interview-style wrap-up with the man himself, Andrew, where I'm going to ask some broad-ranging questions and allow Andrew to elaborate on different aspects of their trip. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. We sure do. All right. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to let you do whatever you need to do as well. But I just felt, in order to get the, uh, in order to get things lubricated here, um, and uh, get your mind out of the sewers, folks. Um, I just wanted to start with a bit of a rapid fire. Just some questions, just to get things, just to get things rolling, and uh, you know, you don't have to answer these quickly. You can just, uh, you can answer, you can take as long as you want. So the rapid and the rapid fire doesn't necessarily have to be rapid. I'm just going to ask you some quick questions. You take as long as you want to answer them. All right. Uh, Next question. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so what was the? Uh, I was wondering what was the best meal you had on the trip. Everyone loves food. What's, what's the best, what's the best meal you had? Best meal I had on the, it was probably our first, um, run in with fish and chips. I love fish and chips. And, uh, we were in, I don't know where the hell we were in this little spot in Washington. We kind of made it to a little bay in this funky little roadhouse. And, um, I mean, it was, it was delicious. It was really, really well done. Perfectly you know, it was, we were early in the day, so the oil wasn't all fucked up. Right. Uh, um, and they, the lady brought it out. It was like three pieces of fish and she brought it out with kind of an apology. She was like, I'm going to say I'm a little, uh, a little embarrassed for the, uh, very suggestive shape of your, of the fish. <laughs> and, the, and one of them was extremely phallic, like, I mean, just almost like someone had, had done a mold of an erect dong. <laughs> like, it was sitting right in the middle, and I was like, I'm just a little ashamed that you didn't stand it up. <laughs> so I got this kind of funny shot of Tiffany smiling over a plate of fish and chips that are um, uh, unusually tumescent for uh, fish and chips. It was it was just one of those things that, like, it was funny. The feel, food was great. The weather was perfect, you know. That sort of thing. Did you post that picture of Tiffany? I feel like we might have put that up. Okay. Just because it was so absurd. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things like, you know, for me, like I'll, I'll eat anything. My mom once said, I got asked to judge a barbecue contest. Okay. And my mom was like, you, the judge, you'd eat shit on a cracker. <laughs> um, which is not true. I don't really like crackers. But the, um, the, the, the meal was cool, man. Like we just had a good time. Like. Nice. I don't know. It was memorable in that way. Yeah, I love fish and chips as well. Um, all right. Uh, I know this is kind of a broad question, and you met a lot of people on the road, but can you just – I just wanted to know if you could talk about one 
person. Like, you know, I, I was going to frame it like the most interesting person, but you, that right. that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Just, you know, is there one person that kind of stands out from the trip that you met? And and oh, man, and apologies to anybody that you forget or whatever, but yeah. Well, I mean, God, that's tough because, like, I mean, yeah, for sure. There's this guy named Carl, guy Carl Shock, that I hope to um, to connect with again, an oceanographer. Um, I think he's been living in uh, Alaska for a while. I think he just moved BC. Super interesting guy. Um, he actually has a, a website that. It, <laughs> I'm now a subscriber to called coastview.org. Okay. And um, he he's right up your alley, man, because he's like, uh, well, he's a researcher, but he's like real down with factoids, man. I know you're like a, you remember all the cool factoids about any given place that you've been or you're visiting. Um, and he's, his premise is like, look, if the place has a name, there's a story behind it. And uh, he's got from, I mean, Alaska, and north all the way down to Baja, stories of the coast. Right. How, what's, which town got its name and how, and what's, you know, what's the name, the story behind Cape such and such, or, you know, the such and such bay. Uh, it's cool. Um, and he was just a very cool, extremely um, easily humble kind of guy. It turns out he's like adventured everywhere and done all kinds of cool stuff so just super super Um, curious guy full of information very curious yeah yeah one of those clear examples is the most interesting people are the ones who are the most interested in everything else you know he's not um he's not his own hype man which is kind of cool you know a lot of a lot of these adventure guys can be kind of i don't want to say insufferable but can be a little Full of themselves and full of the adventure. And, yeah, you know. yeah. Like, I mean, I think you have to balance your curiosity and your, um, your, uh, you know, your your love of factoids with some self awareness too. <laughs> like, you, you can't you yeah. can't go on too long and, and like bore people. But yeah. but you ha- you have to be self aware that you know what you're saying is somewhat interesting right. as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, there there were all kinds of sweet and interesting people that we met along the way. I, I think I might have mentioned that guy, Bill Weir. Yes. Who, that we met in the middle of nowhere in twenty fourteen and just happened to be at the same time as him on this coast doing this ride. He's lived on his bicycle since the seventies. Wow. Yeah. You know, and I mean he's he's a very sweet and interesting character, but like um a lot of a lot of these cyclist guys and like adventure guys. There's I noticed it when I was backpacking uh, the first time. People always either go on about how they're carrying so much or very little. They're either extremely lightweight and they want you to know about it, or they've got a whole bunch of shit and they want you to know about it. Right. And I caught myself doing the same thing. Like, oh man, it's hard to haul on this trailer. <laughs> uh, or they tell you how old they are. And, you know, this that's the the compounding factor of their their ride that, well, man, I'm in my seventies and I, you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm still doing it. I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's funny. It's not like a huge deal, but you just notice it. Yeah. Uh, Carl never at any point really did much of that, you know, that's, um, that's awesome. he was just very, you know, he's ex- extremely self-aware, I think. Um, and very, very curious about the whole project of, of just the world, the, the health of the coast, um, he talked about this thing called the white gap, which uh, I'd never heard the term, but that, you know, people like to study the shore. People like to study the marine animals. 
he studies the area in between where all the food comes from. And, um, yeah, he's a real hip guy. I hope to connect with him again. Nice. Yeah. I, I really admire people that can like, uh, that can go outside of themselves and like focus on, you know, more important things. I, I think that's, yeah, yeah. I, I really love that. Um, and yeah, I, mm-hmm. I saw a picture of Bill that Tiffany posted, I think. And I, w- yeah. I went and looked at some of his, uh, journals as well uh that he does like all of his writing and uh yeah he seems uh i mean and you mentioned that guy that young kid from the uk to matt and uh yeah. i just can't imagine yeah. uh like you said that these guys basically just live on their bikes and uh they just yeah it's just so easy for them it's like an extension of themselves or whatever so yeah it's funny like uh you know when we I met a guy the other day. I was at a campground in Manchester, California. It was a KOA and there was like a hot tub, which was amazing. And I'm sitting in this hot tub and this guy starts talking to me. Um, and he's like, you know, oh, you're cycling. I'm a very avid cyclist, you know, referred to himself, as, not in a, I'm, I'm putting a little bit of spin on it, but like he said it in a way that was very like identifying with cycling. And I thought about it. I was like, man, I'm, even though we're doing this, I would never identify myself as a cyclist, you know? Right, right. I, when we when we were traveling in our van, I wasn't like identifying myself with a person living in a van. I don't currently self-identify as an apartment or house dweller. It's just, I don't really care about the the method of movement so much as just like where we are. Yeah. But there are those guys that really dial into that identity. Yeah. And it's a huge part of them. And it's interesting, you know, to like, I don't know, it's, I'm not judging it. It's just like a thing that I noticed that people, you know, if they're traveling, they identify with their mode of transportation, like hikers or I'm a hiker. Yeah. You know, or I'm a, I'm a kayaker or I'm a this. Yeah. I really appreciate, Um, I really appreciate you saying that because yeah, I, I agree. Like, I mean, I'm not judging them either, but like, I do think that we need to be a little bit aware of like, you know, just the fact that you know, we're just doing things. Um, I think we do, we, we do, we do put ourselves in boxes, I think kind of, kind of to be maybe, maybe as a security thing or as a safety thing, but like, I do appreciate people that just do a bunch of random stuff and they, they don't try to stereotype themselves or anything like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, there's something about, and I get it, man. It's why conspiracy theories are so popular. Why, you know, all these things are so People want to identify with something. They want to feel, uh, at the same time, they want to feel part of a group. They also want to be an individual within that group, you know, like someone special. And, uh, you know, I get it. I get it. It's fucking weird and lonesome and no one knows what to do and we're all just making shit up. But there's a there's a need for identity um, that, that, Boy, it's really pervasive, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's in everything. I mean, it's every yard sign, it's every t-shirt, it's every button or political slogan. Yeah. You know, it's it's my bike. I identify with my car. I'm a Honda man. Yeah. yeah. A, you know, <laughs> and I do, and it, I do it's, think it's a bit of human nature and like I think I like yeah. I I feel it too. Like I feel that need in a way too, but I just I do try to like pull it back a little bit whenever I feel that need. Like it's like that yeah. Portlandia skit, you know, uh I don't know if you've seen it, but um, Carrie Brownstein and Fred Armisen, like they're, they're, you know, I think the skit is something about 
something called like get the gear or something and they're just they're by bi- they're they're bicyclists but like the whole skit is them just saying let's we got to get the gear get the gear and and um you yeah, know it's it, yeah. it's just a yeah you know what i mean like they're just constantly like they're, they're decked out in all of this outdoor stuff and, yeah. yeah it's a it's a culture man for sure it's a culture and um i feel kind of uh i use this phrase a lot but the the I want to be the ladle full of punch and the bowl of turds, but it's, it's like, uh, I feel kind of out of the loop, um, which is probably my own hope for singular identity in this, you know, but I, I just, I don't feel part of the, the group. I just, I feel like an observer who's on the outside gladly, you know, sort of keeping an eye on the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Like I <laughs> hoping that the spandex don't put me in a, in a box. You know? <laughs> and, you know, in, in a weird way, like I kind of, you know, I think I identify as like, Oh, I'm an outsider or I'm an outcast. You can even identify, mm-hmm. you can even identify with, uh, not identifying. So yeah, yeah. 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 You want, you're, I'm so committed to my individualism that I refuse to be in the group. Right. I'm the group of those who refuse to be in the group. Yeah. Yeah. So. There's no getting away from it. I mean, any, what's that saying? Anytime I point a finger at you, there's four pointing back at me and a, yeah, yeah. It, a thumb, it, who knows where the thumb goes. But <laughs> yeah. That, there, you know, um, I don't know. I, I for one, like, uh, I don't know. We've talked about this, I think, a little bit before, but, there's certain things that just um, that jumped out at us, you know, that we really noticed. Like just what, whenever you're traveling like this, I use it as kind of like a uh, a weird blind spot mirror, you know, like trying to find the own the blind spots in my own personality, right? You know, by observing other people, like, oh fuck, do I do that? Yeah, am I? You know, if I notice something. It's, I usually focus on the negative, you know, <laughs> if I find somebody doing something annoying or whatever, I'm like, oh man, maybe I do that. Right. And, uh, I don't know. It's, I'm always trying to weed that sort of thing out or at least notice it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's been the two things that I've, I'm, I'm most concerned with weeding out of my life are certainty and cynicism. Yes. Like, uh, you know, there's just certain places where I would like my inner, uh, cynic, not to go and uh, certain places where certainty is very much not welcome. And I'm going to make sure that there's empathy in place of those two things. Um, and you know, the, the cycling you want to, you want people to put all their empathy in their right foot as they're driving their cars, and <laughs> like, you know, understanding that there's like a very vulnerable uh, subset of creature on the side of the road there that, Use a little empathy. Yeah. Just put put it in your right foot. So it, it's a, I hope as a driver that I remember that, you know, as I go out there and make myself a big hurry from being an idiot in one place to being an idiot somewhere else that I remember to be like thoughtful of the people on the side of the road. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great advice. I, uh, I could definitely learn from that. Uh, I mean... I'm I'm terribly cynical and I I know it's not a very attractive quality so I I'm tr- I try to be aware of that too and yeah certainty um yeah I don't I don't have any answers and I never really have and I I I try to just ask questions and uh and just sort of you know be open to to anything because 
yeah, certainty is, is unattractive as well. So yeah, that's a great, uh, that's a great thing to keep in mind for sure. Yeah. And I mean, um, I assume, I feel like it's my guess. My hunch is that certainty is no good, (laughs) but maybe it is. Maybe that's why I'm fucked up and, uh, I'm missing out. Well, it's like the, I just, it's like confidence, you know, like it's, it's, I, I've, I've wrestled with confidence my whole life. And I just think like, you know, in, in one hand they say, you know, you got to be confident and you got to, you got to be sure of yourself. But on on the other hand, I mean, I I just can't get away from the fact that it always feels like bullshit when I'm confident. So yeah. yeah. Like sure of what? (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure I'm definitely an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm certain of that, you know, what else? but certain it'd be best if I were nice and if everyone else were nice to me, you know, but you and I share that same thing where if anybody's like even the littlest bit mean to you, it's like things are just fucked up from that point forward. Yeah. 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 There's a joke uh, that the comedian Eddie Pepitone has, and he says, you know, like he's going up an escalator and the girl coming down the escalator doesn't make eye contact with him. And, uh, you know, he feels deep resentment toward her. And it's like, wow, man. Yeah. Like that's, that's crazy. That's, that's, that's a little much. Yeah. yeah. That's some deep insecurity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got the, I got it. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. It follows me around. All right. Let's, um, let's just bring this back a little bit. Um, okay. In terms of people you've met on the trip, um, you, you kind of glided by this one guy that you met and I just wanted a little bit more info on him. Uh, I think his name was Pizza Pete. And, uh, well, you just mentioned him that he kind of showed you, Uh showed you around Bellingham. And I just wanted a little bit more info on him. Well, he, he showed us around Bellingham via some extremely, uh, exuberant chattiness. Um, he was very generous. He, he, um, owns a place, I think it's called Cascade Pizza in Bellingham. Okay. Um, he just happened to, you know, he was there doing some books and, uh, saw us eating and saw the dog and started chatting us up and, uh basically was a part of our whole meal <laughs> as we, uh, it was a day two of our journey, you know, um, after kind of a rough, a rough night, like our first night was tough, man. Cause I think I told you about it. It was, we didn't get in until 11. We, neither of us really likes to be even awake at dark, much less cycling in it. Right. Um, and so we like, we were really like, okay, we got to, dial in here and pull it together and then and then you know talking to pete it's like oh yeah this is what we're doing right you know we're we're out here on this thing we're meeting these weirdos and uh when i say weirdo i mean it in the most complimentary of terms but pete was uh he's not a washington native he's a north he's an east coast guy okay who um had had moved to the to the west coast um and uh (laughs) You know, he was just a character and just like a funny, um, quick witted guy who likes to cycle. He's like, yeah, I get out there. You know, I get a good case of road rash once a year. I <laughs> take my kids. I, you know, I like dirt. I like that, you know, just very excited. And, uh, we were talking about some of the things we needed. Um, as you mentioned, get the gear. Yeah. We had to get some gear and he's like, oh, fuck that. Don't go to Seattle. Don't go to the REI. Go here, go here. And it's like pointed us to all these local places. Uh, he gave us a couple beers on the house. Um, yeah, it, it was just it was a it was a fun experience to to be suddenly kind of in with a local immediately who gave you the whole scoop on what Bellingham's about, and you know you got all this insight on uh, who eats where and why, and you don't compete with so and so, and you know it, it, it was it was hip. Yeah, he was that kind of character. Okay, you know, great. Just yeah, very very high energy. 
nice type of guy. Yeah, I just I, I just remember you mentioning him, and then you you kind of went on. So I just I just wanted to come back around to him. Yeah, and he didn't refer to himself as Pizza Pete. He's not one of those like, you know, third person type of dudes. When we went to the bike shop that he sent us to. I was like, yeah, we met Pete at Cascade. She's like, oh, Pizza Pete. That's what we call him, Pizza Pete. I was like, oh, fuck, what a great name, man. Yeah, yeah, I think that was part of it. That was part of it, too. That was part of my fascination as well, yeah. The town knows you as Pizza Pete. That's pretty hip. Yeah, and shout out to Bellingham. I've been there a few times, and uh, I really, really, I really love that town a lot, so. Yeah, it was was cool, man. Yeah. We enjoyed it. Um, Okay, uh, so you met some cool people, had some good food. Um, I was wondering about maybe the the weirdest place you slept or the weirdest sort of night of sleep that you had. Um, do you have any memories of that or? Uh, yeah. Well, um, you know, it's funny. We didn't really encounter any raccoons until the end. Like, um, the last couple of nights on our journey, it was raccoon time. And, uh, Pele, obviously, you know, he's, uh, very protective of us and all our shit. And uh, raccoons are very interested in all our shit. <laughs> and so like we in our, at that KOA in Manchester, there were seven of them. Like we heard some rustling in the night. Tiffany woke up first and she thought, man, the guy, the, the guy camping next to us sure is up early. Turns out it was like midnight. Oh God. And then she heard like this little weird animal, this <laughs> kind of noise, like, oh shit. And our bags were like, our, uh, so we've got these cycling panniers that sort of, roll up and click together and they're waterproof and but they're not raccoon proof and uh we had them clipped to this fence um because there was no like little bear box or anything to 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 put them in to to keep them away from raccoons and so you know i get up and look out there and he's there's a raccoon in the bag like trying to he already unrolled it and was pulling some shit out. my god and so like i shine my light and they're like 14 eyes looking back at me oh shit and just everywhere i pointed there were seven raccoons like a big mom and a bunch of kids and like, okay you guys gotta fuck right off and pele's you know he didn't see them or hear them so he was actually kind of chill but um so we got uh, shooed them off pulled all the stuff inside kept it near us like okay good the next night um pele saw them and heard them and uh, we were in Wallala, really cool town on the Mendocino coast. It's actually the park we stayed in. It's right on the Sonoma-Mendocino line. So we were, we were technically in Sonoma County on this river. Okay. And uh, we camped right underneath the raccoons. I mean, they were just, there was a raccoon highway right behind our tent. And he growled and fucked with those things all night like they were above us so he was like looking out our tent is all mesh so he can see everywhere oh god yeah those are looking in the trees and uh, just yeah he was he was not having it so we were kind of awake all night yeah those are those are unsettling creatures you know they they can look cute i guess but yeah they they kind of give me the creeps they look just like pele which is funny because his face is getting all white around the eyes and stuff as he goes a little grayer right (laughs) And, and he's got kind of a bandito sort of vibe and they, uh, and yeah, and when we got home last night, there was a raccoon hanging around our house, which was kind of funny. And like they've followed us, we didn't notice any raccoons before we left, and now there's a raccoon hanging around. Wow, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I guess as for weird, I mean, we had pretty, we had a pretty easy stretch. I mean, 
there there was a one night where like I think I might have even talked about this on the on the updates where we like camp next to these people who showed up in the hiker biker site on a motorcycle, which is not what they meant by biker. Oh yes, yes, um, yes, yeah. Yeah, and they were like, you know, it, it sounds really judgmental to say, but like, you know, you can tell people who do crack and coke and meth. It was just there's a damn near a uniform look to the jawline and the teeth and the whole thing. And yeah, there's a there's like a pentameter of speech you can f- follow along with. And you're like, oh yeah, that person's done a lot of speed, you know? Yeah. Um. So I was like, all right, these we got some crackies next to us shit you know yeah actually i and they were, from that from that story that you mentioned um yeah i remember i remember you talking about that and what stood out to me was that you said they were like you know talking about their recovery and stuff yeah and, and you said you know which is obviously uh really nice to hear and then you said they went to sleep and they snored the whole night and then yeah. and, and and then you woke up the next morning <laughs> and you said you were just petty enough to to make some noise and try to maybe yeah. maybe maybe wake them and I I uh, I got a good laugh out of that one so <laughs> yeah I wanted to somehow I'm I'm, I'm I am petty and I like uh, justice and I'm not ashamed to say that I like a little vengeance right and I, I wanted a touch of it man and I got nothing the guy woke right up and said hey good morning <laughs> yeah that's funny <laughs> right that's cool yeah. um. All right, so so yeah, I slept in some weird spots. Um, I know you touched on uh, driving, you know, Highway Thirty to Astoria, which Ugh. which was really scary. But I was I was just wondering, like, any other scary moments? Any other like moments where you were genuinely terrified out there? Oh yeah, well, well, Tiffany and she had a rough moment on on one hundred and one. Um, you know, normally, like when you get passed by a big vehicle, it kind of gives you a little push forward like it almost pulls you down the road a little it's like oh nice but um it just depends on what the winds are doing and if they have those little baffles under their trucks or under the trailer um anyway we were on this stretch of one and or a 101 in oregon and it was labor day weekend and all these i think i mentioned the phrase ding dong dune buggy redneck <laughs> motherfuckers yes <laughs> uh doing some gi joe shit in the sand anyway they there was all that kind of traffic. So we were already a little irritated, you know, and we were going downhill and this truck passed both of us. But when it passed Tiffany, it almost shoved her off the road, the wind, like the, the, it scared the shit out of her. Yeah. And understandably so, because it, you know, she could have easily, I mean, even just like a 12 mile an hour collision or a wreck or falling off your bike hurts, you know? And, uh, and it it nearly pushed her off the road. Just that that speed wobble fear really gets inside you, man. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to shake. Wow. Uh, there were a lot of times where, like, you know, people got entirely too close. You know, scared Pele. He jumps. It moves the trailer. Um, you know, like, I had a motorcyclist the other day on Highway One who buzzed me, and I felt his exhaust, like the heat of his exhaust on my left leg. And you know, I. He, I don't know about you, man, but like I, I just I go through like this inner monologue where I'm encountering this person and just cussing them out or saying yeah. whatever dumb thing I want to say to him. Um, I have like little rage fantasies as I'm paddling, pedaling past some of the most beautiful scenery in the world, and my mind is on the dumbest thing <laughs> possible. Yeah, uh, but you know that there there were some moments like that. Um, 
<laughs> so in order to get to Highway 30 in Oregon, which is like it goes along the Columbia River, you have to go. We had to go across Highway, I think it was four in um, in Washington, which was also it was like the same, an equivalent, scary, intermittent shoulder, very fast highway. And we, we pull up on, uh, on a guy who, you know, is looking down at the water. I'm like, what are you going to catch, man? He's like, I'm looking for salmon. Yeah, he's like, what are you guys doing? Well, we're riding, told him what our route was. He's like, I cannot believe this map has put you on this road. I'm like, why? Well, this is, there are more deaths and tragic accidents on this road than any in all of Washington. Holy shit. Yeah. And I don't know how reliable a source that guy was. I mean, a lot of people say that almost as a matter of pride about various roads, but he seemed pretty genuine about it, and he was flummoxed that we were just going to ride the length of it. I was like, are you kidding me? Wow. Some people like yeah. to scare people too, right? Uh, maybe maybe that yeah, was part it of worked. it. Yeah, <laughs> it worked. We were already scared of it, and they were like, Jesus, man, people dying over here. And I know you mentioned the guidebook said like uh, something about you know making sure you practice defensive biking, and you're like, what the hell does that mean? And I, I, <laughs> I was like, I was thinking about that too, and I'm thinking like, you're you're kind of a sitting duck out there, right? Like, there's not much defensive biking to be done. Yeah, I mean, there there are decisions you can make, uh, defensive decisions. One of which would be like, don't take that road. You know, that's yeah. Start there. If you've already failed that, it's like, you know, um, it's just a, a series of less effective maneuvers you can make. Like, you know, you listen for anybody who might be you know, off the road and maybe that's when you bail or jump. Right. 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 I don't know. Yeah. You know, sometimes you take the lane. Sometimes you take up space in the lane so that they are forced to go around you or, the, or wait, you know, that's another thing, man. Like, um, we, you know, when I talk about that empathy in the right foot, man, yeah, it takes very little time to and very little effort on a driver's part to just like ease off the gas at the least if not apply slight pressure to the brake and and just let two you know let the cars coming your way or uh, <laughs> come the opposite way pass and then pass the cyclist you'll have a lot more space safer for everybody yeah but a lot of people just they don't necessarily think about it they're like oh, i can i can squeeze through here and and it's it is uh extremely frightening you know when that happens when that when someone gets really close to you yeah and and not only do you have those people that you know don't use much caution but then you have people that deliberately try to be assholes like you mentioned the guy that i I think you said the term was rolling coal yeah yeah in a tunnel of all places yeah which is already scary we met a guy who um an interesting character he was a uh I think he'd been a principal at one of the American schools in Oman or something. Um, he was maybe in his eh, mid-60s or so. He fell in a tunnel, in that same tunnel where the guy rolled coal on us. Oh, God. He, His front pannier clipped the curb, and this guy's ridden thousands and thousands of miles. He's not like a, you know, an amateur or a noob or anything. He knows, knows what he's doing, but it can just happen. He said, I was on the ground. In seconds, I mean, just boom. And uh, when you're in those tunnels, you can't tell which way just by sound. It sounds like there's cars coming from every angle. So he thought for sure he's about to turn into a speed bump, you know, just get run over because he just fell right into the lane of traffic because there was no shoulder. You're just 
you're in that lane. Oh, and my God. An oncoming traffic coming. But fortunately, the sound that he was hearing was people at the other end of the tunnel. So he, he turned to, you know, as soon as he could, he turned to look and there was no one behind him, which was just, I mean, pure luck. Wow, that's terrifying. Good and bad, you know. <laughs> yeah, he, he got up as quickly as he could and started riding. He had this massive bruise. On, his whole hand was bruised. That's what took the the, the weight of his fall. Wow. Did you guys ever, speaking yeah. of that, like, did you guys ever dump either of your bikes on the on the journey? Uh, knock wood. We still have 20 miles to go today right. to get into San Francisco, but uh, neither one of us has fallen off of our bike. We've certainly dropped our bikes. Yeah. Because uh, they just f- fall over because they want to be on the ground, um, but not with us in it. That, that's um, impressive. That's impressive because yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I remember they like, jumped out. <laughs> oh really? Well, so the other day we were in Fort Bragg riding around on this like nice, really nice little trail, and uh, I'd forgotten to buckle him in, and he's never he never pulls against the thing or tries to get out ever. Like. I'll stop and then have to like touch his back if he's not clipped in. Right. So he thinks that I've unclipped him and then he jumps out, but I was riding and he suddenly jumped out while I was riding, like did this crazy face plant. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) But, uh, other than that, no, we never had any, many crashes or any, any sort of shit. But you're saying you, you fell off your bike recently? Well, no, I just, I mean, just memories, um, from childhood of riding a bike and like, uh, you know, like I just, I mean, basically every time I went out, I would fall in somewhere or another, but I guess that's as a, as a kid. So, yeah. Yeah. You take some more risks as a kid. I mean, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's not hard to fall off, man. I mean, it's very, very possible, especially when you're weighted down and you've got those, the awkward bulk of the panniers sticking off the side. And I hate to always refer to that trailer, but like it is, you have to gauge where the wheels are on that thing behind you and you, you know, you have to do it by feel and memory. And I more than once hit a speed bump or some sort of thing that would like kind of almost tip the trailer. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it usually happens at a parking lot, fortunately at low speed, but Tiffany was behind me and saw Pele, like saw a leg, like fly out of the trailer for a second as it almost tipped over. So it was like really scary and hilarious. Right. <laughs> you know, one of those things. Speaking but, uh, knock wood, we never fell. Speaking of uh, hilarious, I was just wondering. I had another question. Um, where were you? Where were you when you laughed uh, the hardest on the on the entire trip? Was there a moment that you remember that you just you guys? Yeah, mm. I don't know. I don't know if that. Well, in, I mean, usually it's Pele doing something funny uh, that cracks us up that we just can't. You know. It's hard to recount exactly where, where, what that would have been, but like his, his method of interacting with shit can be pretty entertaining. Um, and I remember you said you, you, uh, well, you said that you, um, you know, some of your mo- favorite moments of the trip was just watching him like swimming and, 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 you know, in these beautiful state parks that you pulled over at and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a uncharitable person often, uh, never to anyone's face. I never want to hurt anyone, but I'll do this thing where like, I'll see someone behaving in some way and I just, I'll put on their inner monologue. I'll start narrating <laughs> what I think is going through their mind. And I was, we had just met this young guy, uh, from Maine who'd cycled from Maine 
It was really early in the trip. We were in Port Townsend. Oh, ben, and, Bennett, yeah. Bennett, right? Bennett, yeah, nice, yeah. nicely done. Yeah, yeah, we're talking to Bennett, and um, like he and I are like we're getting ready to cook some food and like starting this fire, and we see the um, the ranger going by, and I start you know doing the monologue for the ranger, <laughs> and I don't know Bennett, you know, I don't know what his sensibilities are. I'm just you know I'm an impulsive weirdo, and I start just saying this and. Um, I don't remember what I said, something about like, I don't know, a used condom, something awful, right, you know, right. and he did a spit take. He had just taken a, a swig of beer, <laughs> <laughs> he just spewed beer out of his mouth laughing and it, which made me laugh. And I remember both of us were just like cracking up laughing. Uh, you know, I was mostly laughing at his reaction. He was laughing at the stupid thing I just said. Nice. Yeah. yeah. There's moments like that that you kind of that stick. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, you always have to remember. Uh, yeah, uh, those those times. Um, all right, an easy one. Uh, I know you mentioned Ferndale, California, but uh, mm-hmm. what was your like? Maybe besides that town, what was one of your other favorite towns? Uh, well. I mean, you know, we obviously liked Bellingham, but um, Astoria is really special to us because I've got a, a couple of good friends that live there. Um, my friend Jesse, who I actually met, I mean, almost around the same time I met Tiffany, uh, you know, 20 plus years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, she she and I became pals in Portland, Oregon when I was, I mean, I was a kid, you know, and uh, we've sort of stayed in touch over the years and... Um, yeah, she and her her partner Paul are just awesome. He has a, a restaurant in Portland, and um, uh, they, they he's a, they're both musicians. He's a music teacher. They play like bossa nova together, um, and we just we had a great time hanging out with them. We were there a couple of days with them, and then they left to go to um, Allison Krauss and Robert Plant were playing in Portland. And they let us stay in their house while they were gone. Uh, it was just lovely to be around them. And I like Astoria. I mean, it's it's a good town, but like because they're there, it's a great town. You know, um, it was just it was just special to spend time with them. We actually played music together and stayed up late, and it it was cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, shout out to uh, raising that raising sand album by Allison Cross and Robert oh, yeah. Plant. Yeah, they're great. So good. Yeah, so good. What? They said the show, the live show, was amazing. We saw them uh, the the next day in Cannon Beach. They met us, and we took one more walk on the beach and hung out. They said the show was just like so good, perfect, so good. Yeah, you, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I'm envious about people that live close to Portland. Good music scene in that town. So, uh, I'm, I'm sort of envious of people who can still go to live music and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just can't. Y- yeah. I can't imagine it. My my brother actually just put on a, a music festival in Memphis uh, yesterday, and, and like you know played live and had a bunch of bands and stuff. And it sounds great and sounds fun, but I just cannot imagine wanting to be there. You know, like I, I support my brother. I hope he had a great time. But just like the idea of sitting in a crowd, yeah, watching music is just. I mean, not quite panic inducing for me, but. It's close. It's like panic adjacent. I'm yeah. I'm 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 with you. I don't I don't know if I'm that close to it, but like I I feel like my live music experience has to be extremely curated for me to 
enjoy it. Like there's, there's so many variables that can fuck my night up when I go out for, mm-hmm. for live music. So yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah. But, but when it hits, yeah, my, when it hits right, it can, it can hit, but. Yeah. My ideal night is, uh, you telling about me about it the next day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's my ideal. All right on. So, okay, cool. So Astoria, you, like I said, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Ferndale. You talked about a couple cities and I don't want to like, you know, uh, bash different towns, but like you just mentioned Red Crest, California, and you also mentioned uh, you called it, yeah, Red Crest and um, Crescent City, California. You, mm-hmm. you you kind of seemed a little bit underwhelmed by these places. I just was there anything specific or just uh, well, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, well, Crescent City, I'm sure is awesome. I mean, like like I said, any Tiffany said this. Any town on the coast on a beautiful day is a, an amazing place. And I, I think I made the analogy of like, you know, it is all ice cream. <laughs> it's just what's your least favorite flavor of ice cream? It's still ice cream so long as it's not made from actual dog shit. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's fine. You know, but the I don't know. There's like a this is going to sound really shitty, but like weed culture. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I've grown pot. I don't mind smoking pot. I don't care. But, like, uh, there's a, I saw a thing called Weed Billy, which, you know, is like a play on the hillbilly thing. Right. Um, it's just like a, it's a culture I don't really identify with, I don't get. And that, which I'm fine. I, I don't have to be in my comfort zone. I don't even know where, if I have a comfort zone, but it's like an irritating type of culture to me. It's just like blaring music and constantly bitching about like people were bitching about the fact that rain was coming because it was going to fuck with their crops. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Which, you know, that's this, the wine growers go through the same thing, but it's like, man, our state's in a drought. You know, like we're trying not to have fires as are bitching about rain. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, but it's like golf courses, there's golf that. courses too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. We've all got our petty little things, you know, I, I'm chock full of them, but like there's that, that whole thing. Um, which has got, I don't know. It reminds me of like, I just think of like dirty jeans soaking up water because they're too baggy. Right. At the, at the ankles and like bong breath and. That's a great image. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Terrible music, you know, like really loud white boy reggae. Yes. Um, and like talking in kind of violent terms about karma yeah <laughs> yeah i was actually uh, confusion of philosophies I, I don't know it just gets on my nerves and maybe i'm being a dick about it but no i don't think so but there was I, that and and it's kind of cracky man there's like there's a it's sad because there's like clearly you know there's uh it's economically depressed since the legalization thing happened with weed it's made the black market even a little bit more dangerous and less profitable yeah and so there's like you know people are depressed they're taking all kinds of other drugs and So there's that sort of vibe there as well, which is in every city. I mean, that's anywhere you go, you're going to have an element of that, but it's just the expansion of that, those elements in those towns was a bit more noticeable, I guess. Yeah. No, I had a, just as a brief aside, I had a bit of a similar experience actually yesterday. Like I went to a, an art crawl, uh, in Toronto and like, it was kind of the same thing. Like, you know, you just, the smell of a pot was, uh, was was 
pretty pervasive and like you know i i like i say i've smoked weed i plenty and stuff like that but yeah the culture um the cu- <laughs> the culture can kind of throw you sometimes and then i got back to yeah. i got back to the car and i thought well you know i don't know i guess everything's everything's not meant for me in fact very few in, 100%. in, in fact very few things are meant for me so i've got to remind myself of that too like you know right. yeah yeah i mean how obnoxious are podcasters people you know uh who are having a conversation recording it in the hopes that someone else will give a shit yeah. like that's extremely obnoxious and i get it, it. De- you know what i mean like, it definitely is yeah yeah Oh, oh! You guys are sipping coffee and talking into microphones in your podcasting voice. Yeah. Well, congratulations! <laughs> you know, go fuck yourself. I get it. Everybody's obnoxious. I'm no exception to the rule, but you know, yeah, that's the joy of being a person is you get to be irritated with others. Yeah, I talk about that all the time. Like you know, like, like, you know, when we started this project or whatever, I thought you know, like, we have to at least offer something. Like, um, you know, and and I think you know we do try to like write entertaining stories and stuff but i thought you know like we at least have to offer something we can't just sit in a room and uh you know talk about things and well here we are but do this but 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 but, <laughs> but i mean at least we are kind of talking about something specific i mean i think about like We're trying i think about like you know these comics that just sit in a room and 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 you know and i mean you know whatever but i just like it doesn't seem right. it doesn't seem very um you know, planned out for anybody, you know, and then they're like, give us money as well. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 At least this is free. You know, at least no one is paying for this experience. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm hanging my hat on at least. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. All three of you. <laughs> totally welcome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I just had a couple more. I mean, we're, we're, we're almost at an hour here, but uh, um, any, any beautiful spots that photos really can't do justice for? Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of the spots, you know, you're you're riding. Um, like I tried to capture some video while I was riding, which is I don't have like a GoPro or anything. I was just cycling one handed. Um, you know, there are certain roads that were just magnificent, like the uh, the prairie. I think it's Prairie Creek, Redwoods. Okay. Um, the Drury Parkway or something like that. One of the first, like, um, really big old growth redwood forests you come to in California uh, after Crescent City, McKinleyville. You know, that there was this one road where, like, we had to climb out of Crescent City, like a kind of really steep, tough climb. But then the downhill is just magnificent and it was like five miles of just coasting where I didn't touch the pedals and um you know, you're just in these really beautiful massive trees everywhere you know and uh soft right winding road that just you know it was well paved uh there were very few cars uh, the smell was outrageous um it's like, yeah, like a, a, a camera is not going to do anything for this. Like it, you need to like, you need yeah. to bottle it up and sell it or something. Yeah. yeah. You got to go do it, you know, like, and, uh, you know, you could pop into this huge prairie and there's elk, you know, um, and like, I, I think I mentioned we camped in an elk indentation, like where an elk had been sleeping another night. Oh, wow. That's yeah. where we put our tent. Yeah. Yeah. So like those, th- that type of thing was cool. Um, you know, obviously every coastal 
shot was like outrageously beautiful and um our our the one big climb that everyone talks about on this journey is in a place called Leggett where you go um 1500 feet and but it's quite a lot of climbing you come you're you're climbing for a couple of days until you get to this one very steep thing but that was like totally pleasant it was such a beautiful road and there was i mean no one no one on it and uh and it, it's suddenly when it's finally all over, you do that one climb that you come down, you think it's all over and you've got this other one <laughs> that pops up and it's extremely, it, it was actually tougher than the first one, even though it was lower elevation. But when it's over, you pop out onto the Mendocino coast and it is just magnificent. Yeah. Absolutely magnificent. Yeah. Now, there was this little old house and this time of year, the, uh, the pink ladies are coming up. I call them naked ladies. They're like this, um, sort of bulb that's in the ground. And like at one point in the year when it's raining, it puts up all these green like monkey grass looking stuff. Okay. And then in September, you know, from like August to September, they put up these beautiful pink flowers. And there was a huge patch of them next to this little house that just, I mean, there were redwoods to one side and then just the coast, this beautiful expanse of, of ocean and rocks. And uh, it was just magnificent but i was going too fast to stop and take a photo i was going downhill and that sounds great it was just sometimes you're so you're so overwhelmed by the beauty of a thing you don't want to take a photo you know you're just enjoying being there yeah yeah for sure it's it's definitely i can imagine you know euphoria in a way it's like a, it's like a taking a shot of scotch for some people you know and you're yeah, yeah. something like that yeah. um yeah and and like i i love the i love that you you know went through like the i don't know the the maybe the less touristy redwood uh areas like because you know i i was in when i was in northern california the only the only redwood sort of park i went to was muir woods and that's kind of like the mcdonald's of you know i think i i I think i think of it as like the mcdonald's of redwood uh places you know like there's so many more that you could where it's more natural maybe you know like well, I mean, it's it, what's so crazy is there's so few relative to how many there were at one point that each one of them is beyond precious. Even though, you know, I hear what you're saying about the number of people who are in Muir Woods and it might be in Humboldt or any of these other ones. Like, it's still like, even with a bunch of fuckers around, it's like you're amongst these beings, these creatures that can make decisions and have, can survive pretty much everything but us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're incredible, incredible. So it is like, it's sort of like the same thing with the ice cream. It's like, well, you know, it's still ice cream. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, yeah, nothing spoils redwoods like people. Right, yeah. <laughs> Even if they're just there in their car talking loudly while you're trying to enjoy the silence. Right, yeah. Um, And how's your back doing i know you mentioned some back spasms and and some knee problems are you doing all right that way after the trip i feel yeah once once we hit like mile 1000 (laughs) i felt great uh the the back spasm thing was just from like the sleeping pad um it there's like this sweet spot of inflation where I, I, i can inflate it just just barely so that when like if I'm on my side, my hip doesn't dig right into the ground. That, But there was something about it being very inflated that 
squished this weird spot in my back. Oh wow! Okay. And yeah, I'd, I'd had spa- I've never had spasms before. It was really wild. Right. But um, yeah, no, I feel I feel really good, man. I mean, I'm, um, I, I almost want to like enter some kind of race. Like I, I would suggest to anybody who's training for any kind of cycling, get a trailer and fill it full of shit yeah. and haul that around. Because when you ride without it, I mean, I, Tiffany took the bike, uh, took the trailer one day, like 25 miles. It was not so hilly, you know. Uh, and I, I really, even though I had, you know, 30 plus pounds of shit on my bike, it felt like I had nothing. I mean, I was, I was like going up and down hills. Like <laughs> I was doing circles around her, just fucking around. I felt like a little kid on a bike. Right. It felt so effortless to pedal it. And, uh, you know, what would have otherwise felt like a hill, I just, it was nothing. I could have just cycled up at it at any speed. I felt like, um, yeah, I, I feel a lot stronger now than I did in the beginning. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I honestly, I would love to keep going. I'd love to just go down to Mexico uh, right now. Yeah. But it's not in the cards. <laughs> yeah, that's... uh yeah, that's cool. And it's nice to exercise in such a beautiful setting too, you know, and, and not, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, like it, it, it definitely, that, that would definitely help. Um, I, I only want to exercise with a purpose. I hate just working out for the sake of like staying fit. Yeah. Like I, it, it, I, sh- I feel like I should be building something, not just like lifting stuff and putting it back down. Yeah. And just running nowhere. You know what I mean? Like a, I know, like I have a really hard time with it. So like when there's a point A to point B. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It helps. And I, I had a, like, I had a dream the other night and my partner Ashley woke me up and I was like, my legs were, I don't know if I was thinking about your bike trip or whatever. Like I don't bike at all. So I, but my legs were, 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 were cycling and, and she goes, what's going on? Nice. And I said, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on an, I was on an exercise bike in my dream, a stationary bike. Oh man. And she's like, that's the worst yeah. dream I've ever heard. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's not great. Yeah. Like you're, you're double going nowhere. Yeah. So I don't know what, what, why yeah, that came to mind. dreaming. <laughs> but yeah, I, well this whole, like, um, yeah, I thought about it a lot. Like why, why do I like these kind of journeys? Like this sort of, uh, you know, I'm going to go from one place to another type of journey, the long distance things. It, um, it's almost like a little, um, like a silent break from the cacophony of pointlessness. Yeah. Of existence, you know, to, to have like a literal point A to point B thing to do. Like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I, you know, broadly speaking, yeah, it's totally pointless, but at the moment I have a task to, to complete and, uh, it, it really helps me for one exercise, but two, like in an existential sense, deal with the gaping maw of absence of meaning in, in the universe to just like, like right now I'm focused on getting my ass from Vancouver back to my house. Yeah, no, Uh, I I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's, it's, and there's like a, um, there's a, an account I, uh, look at sometimes it's like, Sylvia Plath's uh, Twitter account. Obviously, she's dead, but some mm. somebody like it's just like <laughs> it's just like quotes from her or whatever. And she, <laughs> she had this one quote that said, uh, "You know, like do I do I do I just const- am I con- do I stay constantly in motion and be happy, or do I stay 
passive and depressed or do I stay in the middle and go mad or something like that. But I, I mean, it just, it, mm. it's just like, you know, yeah, if you're in motion, if you have something to do, you're happy, but, and yeah, you, yeah. You know, there's no time to focus on your existential crises. Yeah. So that, you know, and it's kind of like that question reverberates through yeah. my mind a lot. Like, do I, you know, do I, you know, do I start a garden even though like, you know, it doesn't mean anything to me and like, I can just go buy tomatoes at the grocery store, but it's going to give me some, it's going to give me a reason to wake up, I guess, maybe. Yeah. 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 Whatever you can do to distract yourself from the horror. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) talking with you right now is, is a good, you know, that's a, it's another, you know, I, I, I woke up this morning and I had this to do. So, um, so far so good. Yeah. Yeah, let's think about someone else's problems for a moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give yourself a break from your own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, I don't know. I, that's pretty much my question list here. Uh, I didn't. Yes. Yeah. We're, uh, so we're, we're closing the loop today. As you say, we're, we're going to ride to San Francisco because people asked us the whole time, like, hey, where are you heading? And we would say San Francisco. So we kind of feel weirdly, or I say we, I feel weirdly obligated to actually ride into San Francisco. So. Uh, we're going to do that, and Tiffany's got some pals in um, in the city who are going to meet up with us, and we're going to eat some food, and then uh, it's back to work on. Uh, we're actually both taking tomorrow off just to pull our shit together, and then uh, back to work on Tuesday. Nice, yeah. Well, I just I also just wanted to say, like, um, you know, even if my voice sometimes doesn't sound excited or like. Um, or like happy for you or whatever. Uh, I, I just want to say that like, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with what you guys, yeah. with what you guys did. Like Thanks, you and Tiffany and, uh, and you know, obviously, you know, y'all made it back in one piece, which is uh, awesome. And, but um, yeah, like that's quite a task. And I don't think that should be overlooked. I mean, that's, it's not like you guys, you know, took a road trip somewhere. I mean, you, you, this was a, uh, this was pretty monumental. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, we feel very, very fortunate to have had the the opportunity and the health and all that sort of stuff to do it. Um, I know I definitely try my best to not take that for granted, you know, that we can, in in so many senses, do this. Um, Yeah. And we met a lot of people. One thing that sticks out is like the things that people say to you when you're doing this and you meet them, they're like, I could never. Or, oh, man, I've always wanted to, you know, whatever, any number of things. Like, I don't know. I mean, see like a a small child with like a physical deformity or, you know, know, a mental, I don't know how you, cognitive issues or whatever. You know, we're we're just super lucky, man. We're really, really, really fortunate that, uh, that we have, you know, whatever shit we have. To be able to get us, you know, down this path, literally and metaphorically. Um, so yeah, we're just yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I we're, we're lucky. Yeah, for sure. I, I try to think of that all the time too. And yeah, I know I have a an acquaintance with like not to get too down, but I, I do have an acquaintance with like uh, that's going through ALS right now. And I just I I think about mm-hmm. I think about that person a lot when I. Yeah. When I'm, um, you know, when I'm doing things, when I'm active and, uh, you know, and, and just think how, how, uh, yeah, how lucky to have all my, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I hope they, uh, I don't know, I hope they have what they need, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
All right, man. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing this. Uh, thanks for um, providing us with the updates on the podcast and uh, or whatever the fake radio show, um, not the podcast. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun hearing about your, your journey. Um, and I hope everyone else had fun listening too, because yeah, the California coast man to me is, and the Oregon coast is, you know, top. I haven't been hardly anywhere in the world, but I can, I can say very uncertainly that it's one of the top five places in the world, even though I have no clue what that means, but that's my, that's what I'm saying. That's my, uh. That's my flag in the sand or ground or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, we we met many people from other cultures who had traveled to come do this and that were blown away, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um that live in uh, live in objectively beautiful places that were like, "Oh my, no, this is it." Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. Well, I, I also want to thank you for for doing everything you did while we were gone, like keeping the keeping the show going and uh taking the time to like you know, listen to my rambling shit and then turn it into an episode. Uh, I'm very grateful for that, man. Grateful for your friendship and for your partnership in this weird project. Yep. So thanks, man. Yeah, anytime. No no problem at all. All right, man. Signing off. All right. We'll talk to you soon. I can settle down and be doing just fine. Till I hear an old freight rolling down the line Then I hear a straight home and pack And if I didn't go, I believe I'd blow my stack I love you baby but you gotta understand when the Lord made me he made a rambling man some folks might say that I'm no good that I wouldn't settle down if I could But when that open road Starts to call in me There's something over the hill That I gotta see Sometimes it's hard But you gotta earn Understand when the Lord made me, He made a rambling man. I love to see the towns a passing by and to ride these rails beneath God's blue sky. Let me travel this land From the mountains to the sea Cause that's the life I believe He meant for me 
And when I'm gone And at my grave you stand Just say God's called home You rambling 